0: Jesus, that you came, you came to die for us, you took our place on that cross, and we thank you that you did not leave us orphans, but you sent your Holy Spirit. And so, Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that you're with us today, we thank you that we have power because of you and what you've done, what you're doing, and Lord, I look with excitement as to what you want to do in my life. Lord, I'm in the latter days of my life. I've I've been through some uh, just crazy, crazy trials uh, recently. And so, Lord, I know that you want me to run till the end. I know, Lord, that you want all of us to just continue. As your word says, those who overcome, that you'll give us these different gifts in revelation. Those that continue to the end, you tell us, Jesus, that we will be saved. So, Father, we want you to help us to continue to the end. We need you to help us to continue to the end. And as we look at the scriptures today in First John and, and just the whole concept of love and the command to love and the desire that you have uh, for us to, to love because you first loved us, Lord, help us. Help us to be men and women that are known by love. That we're men and women that are known by not necessarily what we do, but who we are, that people see you in us it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's good to be here. You know, the one thing that Brooke and I have always said about uh, Freedom Fellowship is that it, it just feels like home. I know that uh, our kids, uh, John and Marilyn Beard, have known Sonny and Landon for years now. I mean, how long has it been? Fifteen years. You know, they minister together and... So they're, you know, they're, they're like family. So when we come here, we always feel real welcome. So thank you for having us. Now let's just get right into to 1 John. Uh, one of the things that I teach when, I, when we, we go through inductive Bible study is that you look for repeated words, either in a passage or in a book. And did you know that the word love is given to us 26 times in 1 John? And, excuse me, 26 verses, but... 47 times. 47 times the word love is used in 26 verses. There's 105 verses in 1 John. Do the math. That's like almost 25%. It's 24.73%. I'm a math guy. I should have been an engineer like you, Brian, but I'm not. <laughs> so if the word love is given to us that many times, I think that's something we should look at, don't you? And you know, we could go through all the different places here. Uh, I've highlighted all mine in red. I, I'm a I'm a writer. I, I in my book, in my Bible, I, I make notes, I highlight, and different things. So it, it's highlighted in red in every one of these places. It starts out in, in chapter two, uh, verse nine, and before that we don't have this. But let's, let's before we go there, let's go to First John one four. Now, here's the reason why John wrote this letter. He says, And these things we write you, that your joy may be full. You know, the one thing that you know everybody seeks in life is joy, I think. They, they, we seek peace. We seek purpose. And the only way we find that is through Christ, right? The only way we find that is through the fruit of the Spirit, really. Because what's the fruit of the Spirit? Love. Then we have joy, peace, goodness, kindness, self-control, you know, add it on to that, but it, it's, it's love. And then as Landon pointed out, that, you know, the, the idea is that God really wants us to be real with our lives. I, I'm a sinner, but first of all, no, I'm a saint. And as I look at my life, I, I don't identify as a sinner, to be honest with you, because of what Christ has done for me. And I I tell people that, you know, I have a loving God. I tell people I'm a rich missionary because my daddy owns the the cattle on a thousand hills. And he doesn't want to leave me alone. He doesn't want to leave me as an orphan. He sent his Holy Spirit. And I look at all of that. You know, I love God, but why? Because he first loved me. Because he's given me all these things. But in the church... um, we could probably say that church can be stranger than fiction. Things happen in church. People get weird. Weird things happen. Not, maybe not at Freedom Fellowship because you have a really cool pastor. But in the body of Christ, you know, it, there's just so much competition in the body of Christ. That's one reason why we decided that, Lord, we want to go someplace where no man has gone before. We don't want to compete. We, we just want to love people. We want to share the word and see what you do. So in verse 10 of chapter 2, he says, He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. So just love each other. You know, I'm not going to do a whole lot of exposition here. I'm just going to point out these verses. That if you, like I said, if you're a writer or a marker in your Bible, mark these things down. But here's what he tells us not to love. Because I think we need to understand that too. In verses 15, 16, and 17, he says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. You know, do we, are we holding on to this life? He's saying, don't love these things. Uh, I, I'm a gadget guy, and one of the, the hardest things for me because well, we move—we've been moving a lot the last nine, ten years—but I have to leave behind my tools. And the last time I had to leave my behind my tools was with my son-in-law, John, in Honduras. And John's not a tool guy. He doesn't—he breaks my tools. He doesn't keep my tools in good shape. And I remember when that was happening, Brooke was like, "Honey, get over it. It's just tools." "Yeah, but they're my tools." So what am I holding on to? It's just stuff. The house that you have, it's just it, well, it's bricks, it's wood, cellulose. You know, it, it's, it's just materials, things. Our cars that we have, you know, you're in Wisconsin, so you know, they rust. <laughs> they, they fall apart. It's just stuff. So don't love the things of the world. You you may love your position that you have. Yeah, I'm a whatever, fill in the blank. But God says, you know what? That's nothing. All these things pass away. And really where we're looking to is to Christ. We're looking to heaven. I'm 59. And on February 14th, I'm a Valentine's baby. I'm going to be 60 years old. And I can remember when I was, well, here's a friend of ours from She's from Milwaukee now, but we met her in Costa Rica. And so she adopted me as her dad, her, her missionary dad. She was with the world race. And the world race is 11 countries in 11 months all over the world. And it's a crazy, crazy thing that they do. But you know what? When I was her age, I was a newlywed. I just, I was, I, my, my, my daughter was a year old, you know. And now here I am 31 years, almost 32 years later in my life. I think, dang, I am stinking old. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm over half dead. You know, the average expectancy of a, of a man in the United States is like 78 now or something like that. My dad's 87, though, so that's good. My mom just turned 80, so I have good genes. And I don't smoke, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't do drugs anymore. That might be my downfall because I did drugs for quite a few years of my life. But you know what? You know, this world has nothing to hold for us. Well, let's go on. Let's look at some of the other verses that talk about love. Verse 1 of chapter 3, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. You know, my, my mom and dad love me. Uh, my mom loves me so much. Sometimes it's like too much. I mean, anybody have a mom that just, you feel sometimes, gosh, mom, stop loving me so much. I do. My mom, is. she just loves me. She worries about me. She's 80. I'm almost 60. She still worries about me because, you know, when I travel, my mom just loves me. But God loves me more. God is my daddy. Abba, father. You know, it's like I even think about my grandkids. I, I love my daughter. I love my wife. But man, my grandkids, they are amazing. You know, it's like, and, and I look at how much I love them, but my father loves me more than I can love my daughter, my wife, my grandkids. It's amazing, this love that God has. Let's jump down to verse 10. It says, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of, this, uh, is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. For this is the message that we heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And actually, you know, the word should there, I mean, I, I didn't look in the Greek what that means, but Jesus tells us over in John, he says, I command you to love one another. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that we have to forgive each other. There, not 1 Corinthians, in, uh, in uh, oh, I just lost my, Colossians chapter 3, I think it is, whatever. But he says, you must forgive each other. There's no option. You know, so as we hold things against people, as we go through life and we're like, oh, this guy or that girl or that woman or whatever, it's like we can't do that. It's not an option for us as believers. It really is not an option. You know, the one thing that I can say in my life today is that I have no enemies. There's a couple people that rub me wrong, but I still choose to love them. You know, they've, they've wronged me. Some people have done some things to my wife and to my family that I just go, really? In the world, I would just take them out, you know, I'd just grab them by the throat, take them down, do an arm drag, maybe a souffle, you know, just, I'm, I'm an aggressive guy, I was, I was in wrestling and rugby, so I was in college for two year, the first two years, I wrestled, and then the next three years, I played rugby, I'm a little guy, but I used to be like 20 pounds heavier, and it was all muscle, okay, but that's not an option anymore, I must, I have to. Verse 14 says, We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Wow, that's pretty strong. That's heavy. I don't even think I need to explain that, do I? That's really strong. Verse 16, By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods... And sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him? How does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. There again, do I need to explain that? It's, it's pretty crystal clear. You know, you guys have the, the food pantry. The, the What do you call it? Freedom, freedom Center. And you do the clothes and stuff. What a great way to reach into the neighborhood, into your community, to serve people, to, to love people. You have people coming through here all the time that, that need things. That's the beauty of where we're at today. Yeah, in, in Puerto Morelos, you know, we, we're, we're not doing church. We're just doing life, and we are being the church. And I think that's what God wants. He just wants us to be little Christ. He wants us to love people. He wants us just to accept people in. And like Brooke was talking about this gal that's in our life now, the very first day I met her, I was like, oh, my gosh. She was in my language class. It's was like, this woman's really obnoxious, Lord. Don't, I don't know if I can do this. The second day, I was like, I can't do this. There is no way I can be in a class with this woman for two hours. And it wasn't because of her lifestyle, wasn't because of you know her her ideological beliefs and politics or anything like that. I came to know those later on, but just she's just an annoying person. And after class, she says, hey, uh, can we go talk? I have a couple questions for you. Go, oh, okay. And she says, in AA, we have a saying, and it's, you have something, and I want it. I said, well, what do I have? She says, well, you have peace, you have joy, you have purpose in life. And she found this all out in four hours okay? I mean, and I don't take any credit for that. It's just, the, the Lord is just, you know, working in our lives, and we're just loving people and just being little Christ. So I said, well, you don't carry it's, it's Jesus. And as Brooke explained that, she, she literally, you know, threw her hands up in there and said, I can't do Jesus. I said, well, that's just how it happens. <laughs> it has to be through Jesus. And then just before we left to come, come here back to the States, she took us out to dinner and we're sitting there talking, and you know, I looked at her and I went, Man, I really love this gal. You know, there's just something about her, you know, because she loves us. And she, she, <laughs> we had a, the barbecue that Brooke talked about, and she sat at the table where I was. And uh, she is very, very, very liberal. She's from Berkeley. And I mean, as I'm listening to her, I'm going, Wow, we don't even live on the same planet. You it's know, just, just the things, of how she sees life, you know, but I just like, okay, you know, and she's, she's throwing things out there, and then I was just, every so often gonna, you know, throw a little bomb in there, and just see where, where it goes, and she goes, you know, we, we, we gotta stop talking about politics, because I really like you, and I don't want to talk about politics, because I, I really like you, so I said, okay, you know? but she says, now, if I become a Christian, do I have to, like, vote for people like Trump, and I said, no, it's, it's not about that. It's like, she said, well, everybody I know that's a Christian, they, like, they, they, they're Republicans, and I, I'm not a Republican. I'll never be a Republican. I'm a feminist. And I go, it's okay. It's okay. It's all about Jesus. It's all about joy, peace, purpose. It's through Jesus. So God is showing us how to love. You know, and, and it's amazing. Verse 23, in, this, in that same chapter of uh, 1 John, and this is his commandment that we should believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave us commandment. So, pretty simple. Believe in Jesus and love one another. That's the commandments. You know, Jesus says that all the commandments, you know, the Ten Commandments, they're, they're under two different categories. Love God and love your neighbor, right? So if we really love God, are we going to sin? Do we want to sin? No. So we keep asking, Lord, kill this flesh. Help me not to sin. Help me to seek you, to serve you, to love you. And help me to love people. Help me to love the unlovable. You know, I, before I came to Christ, it it was really, really easy for me just to make people non-people. If if I didn't like you, you were a non-person. You were just like insignificant in my life. I, I, I could just turn you off. And I was very, very cold and very, very calculated. Now it's like, Gosh, to to love some of these people and, and the way some of these people are, are just coming into our lives. It's like I can say, that is Jesus. Am I perfect at it, honey? <laughs> she, she snickers. No, but I'm I'm a work in progress, right? We're all a work in progress. We, we do the best we can. Well, let's go to chapter four. Because chapter four and the first three verses of, of chapter five are like the love chapter here. I mean, this everything's love, 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 love. Beloved, let us love one another. This is verse 7. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent. Oh, man. Sorry. It's overwhelming. He sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, it's like... I know my heart. To, I mean, I have a wicked heart. I, I still just have to... just. Kill, ask God to kill my flesh daily because it's just so strong. And I read things like this and I go, man, Lord, you love me. I'm your kid. You sent your son, your only begotten son, to die for me, that I might live through him. My gosh, Lord, I mean, how do you do that? Why do you do that for someone that's just as, as worthless as I am? But he says, Wayne, you're my son. You're my child. You're my kid. You love You love Naomi. You love Tabitha, you love Tobias, you love Poema, you love Matthias. Those are my five grandkids. I love you more than that. It's like, gosh, Lord. Verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. You know, the world sees God's love through us. The only way that people can really, truly come to the Lord is by other Christians. God's chosen us. He could have used angels. He could have written it in the sky. He could have just said, zap, you're saved. Zap, you have to love me, right? Because he's God. He's sovereign. He can do anything he wants. But he's chosen you and me to love the unlovable so they know the love of God. So why do we have enemies? Why do we let people bother us? I know for me, it's my pride. It's my, well, those things, says, you know, do not love the world. You know, it's the the love of the world. It's it's the the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. God says, kill it. Let me kill it. Um, God's good at killing our flesh. And, and, you know, when I say that, I mean, God just can convict us, and then God, through the Spirit, is is how we, we truly love each other. Verse 16, it says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Jesus said, you know, "If if you abide in me and my words abide in you, what do we get? Anything we want. Anything we ask for. But it's not like blab it and grab it, right? Name it and claim it. No, it is... Because God's love has just permeated my life, because God's spirit is in control of my life, my desires are the same as his desires. And as I get to know him more, as I love more, and I understand his love more, I can ask what I want, because I'm going to ask exactly what he wants me to ask for. I mean, we want that for our kids, right? That's what we want for our kids. We want our kids to, to do the right things all the time. But God does it for us. Verse 17 says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in in this world. As he is, so are we in this world? Oh my gosh. God has chosen us, guys and gals, to be him, his representatives in this world. We're ambassadors. You know, when you think about the title ambassador, we can throw that around, but you know, in, in Iowa now, uh, Governor Branston, Terry Branstad has been, he's like the longest governor in all the United States. He's, hes He was in office, he went out of office, he came back in the office, I can't remember how many years it is, but now he's the ambassador to China. So when he's in China, he's the top US dog, right? And he gets the carpet rolled out for him, everybody honors him, respects him. Any ambassador that we have for just this country, and you know, I love the United States, but what good is this nation? You know, we're not one nation under God anymore. And you know, we were just reading this morning in a publication how paganism has taken over, and young people, the twenty-something-year-old age group, I mean, they're just going to droves, you know, to paganism as a religion. verse 18 there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love we love him because he first loved us you know i, I always think of that uh, and you probably heard of this but you know god doesn't hold a gun to our head he doesn't make us love him it's a choice that we make and some people you know what they don't realize how much god loves them so they resist, right? They're they just like, ah, I don't need that. I, I want to do it my way. I want to do it all. I, yeah, I don't need that. So this fear that he's talking about is not like, you're not afraid of God. Now, I fear God. I got saved reading Proverbs back in 1989. That was when Brooke and I were separated. I needed wisdom. My Lutheran background, I remember from confirmation class that. Proverbs is a book of wisdom. I need wisdom. So I started reading and I found out really fast that my problem was that I didn't fear God. And in that context, it says, I didn't have respect. I didn't honor. I didn't revere God. And later on, it says that, that you're a fool if you don't fear God. I was like, man, I'm a fool. I have an MBA. I was you know, a project manager. I had a multimillion dollar project. I had people work for me. You know, I, in the world, I was like, on top of the world at 31, you know. But I was a fool because I didn't fear God. And now I realize that I don't have to fear him like, you know, he's not gonna backhand me. You know, God is always reaching out to me in, in, in love. We love him because he first loved us. We didn't choose him, he chose us. But I have to exercise my will to come to him. It, it it's it's a dichotomy it's like wow how do you do that lord he goes on in verse 20 and says if someone says i love god and hates his brother he is a liar for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen how can he love god whom he has not seen and this commandment we have from him that he who loves god must love his brother also the word must is added in by the translators it's in italics probably in your bible but in the Greek, in the emphasis, uh, the way it's worded, it, it is a must. We don't have a choice. So why do we hate? Why do we let people bother us? Why do we have these divisions in our lives? Well, it's because we really don't love God. You may be here today, and you may have have problems with people. You need to check your heart. God wants us to to really lay it down for him to receive all that he's given to us so that our joy can be full. He's written these things. God inspired John to write these things so that our joy may be full, right? And the only way that we can really have true joy is to have love. Love God and love each other. Chapter five, verse one says, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone who loves him Who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. What are his two commandments? To believe in the name of the Lord Jesus and to love your neighbor, love others. So we love God, we love each other. That's the gist of all the commandments. It's not burdensome, he says. But then you say, well, you don't know this person. (laughs) Well, I know. I know. It's, like I said, my nature, it's easy for me not to love people. It's easy for me to make people just insignificant. But God. But God. He's done a work. He's doing a work. Verse 13 of chapter 5 doesn't have love in it, but let me me read this because I think it's Important again, because he tells us why he's written again, he says these things i've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. so as you look at first John, he hits heavy in the in the beginning about sin and, and knowing sin and rejecting sin, but abiding in the truth and, and and it starts to say, you know, don't love the world, but love God. And, and here's what love really is. It's not just putting up with each other. It's really loving each other unconditionally, putting others first. Because with eternal life, you think about it, if I'm supposed to love the brethren, I'm going to spend eternity with you. You know, do you want to spend eternity with someone that you, you hate? No. Well, when you get to heaven, you're not going to hate them any. Other. you're... You know, th- those aspects of your life, as we we're told in Corinthians, are just going to burn up. Anything that with the wrong motives is going to burn up. But you know what? I want to finish strong. And I know God wants all of us to finish strong. No matter what our nature or our character is, no matter where we're at in life, no matter who's involved in our life, who's not, who we want to put out of our life, God doesn't give us an option. We must love the brethren. And it goes beyond that. For God so loved the world. And, and we're, he says that, remember we said, read there, it says that we are him here. I mean, we're his ambassadors here. So we need to love the, the least, the last, the lost. We need to love the unlovable and then see what God does in us and through us. And that's what we're doing in Puerto Morelos right now. You know, like Brooke said, we're out of the Christian bubble. And there's some really, really unlovable people there from Europe, from Canada, from the United States, from Central America, South America. There's there's some just alternative people in all aspects of life, but God, God loves them. And I know God put us there for a reason, so, so pray for us. Pray for us that, that truly the, that the love of God will come out of us, that people will see the love of God, people will, will receive the love of God, not just see it it's like, oh, you're good people. No, we don't want that. We want to see God use us for the salvation of many in Puerto Morelos because those are come for a week, for two weeks, for six months, for life. We want to be used. Amen? Lord God, we thank you uh, for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your love. Lord, you're an awesome God. And as we see here, you know, love isn't an option. So help us to love. Show us how to love. By the power of your Spirit, we need to, to love so that we can rightly represent you. Lord, I just pray for anybody here. Um, I, I know that the workplace is one of those places where uh, it's just difficult and there's so many unlovable people and even those people that want to uh, trip us up because we're Christians. They're, they're trying to, to make us angry. If there's anybody here today that's in that situation, Lord, I, I ask that you would just pour out your love in their life and help them to love the unlovable. Help us all, Lord, to love our families. We don't choose our families, but we're, we're called to love them. We don't choose our family here in the body of Christ, but we're called to love them. So Father, we thank you that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We thank you that you have conquered. We thank you that we can live a victorious life in and by and through your spirit. So we bless you, Lord. We praise you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen.